Okay, Lou, so the last time we did a podcast, we were in the middle of our polar blast. Mm. We've got through that, but it's still cold here yeah, at Triple M. It is. It's really, um, the weather is really everything that everyone's been talking about. It's been a very, very um, sudden onset of the cold, but it happens every year, and I don't know why we're so shocked, but we always are. Yeah, but at least on a positive note, it's the go-to weather for all of those favourite winter warmer meals that you just go, look, I can't wait for the cold thing to come around so I can make more pumpkin soup. Yeah, I did pumpkin soup this week. Tick. Beautiful. Uh, vegetable soup. Haven't done it yet, but I'll probably do that on the weekend. With a bit of lamb shank in it. What about you? Never goes astray. Chili, yeah. con, chili con carne <gasps> is one of my favourite winter meals. Look, it's one of my favourite meals to begin do you with. you know, it used to be one of my favourites like when I first left home. Yeah. I don't think I've ever cooked chili con carne for my kids. I need to get on it, really? don't I? Yeah, oh. I really need to. Do. Have you got a good recipe? You need to give it to me. No, it's basically just mince beans and that magi chili con carne mix. Ah, although, I see. although we did go to the uh, Wodonga Farmers Market recently, and we went to I um, don't know if his official name is the Spice Merchant, but I'm just going to call him that. Yep. The Spice Merchant st- uh, stall and bought his version. <gasps> that sounds good. And he said, when you open this up, you're going to get this great hit. On your nostrils of smoked paprika. Paprika. And it was, it's great. Yum. But not too spicy? Not too spicy. Yum. Which is good because Jackson, my 10-year-old, has really started to get into chili con carne. Mm. Just a tiny little kick. That's all you need. But the tradition in there with the sour cream on the side and cheese. Stop it. uh, A bit of rice thrown in for good measure. That's um, that's our winter go-to. I'm going to give it a go on the weekend. I think you should. Chili con carne, definitely uh thing. Look, you know, anything that comes out of the oven, uh, scones, whew, scone weather, it's perfect for that. Go on. Bake scones on the weekend. I'll I, dare you. I will. Okay, fine. You know, or, Can you make them pumpkin scones? Yeah. Have you ever done that? Uh, I've had pumpkin scones cooked for me. I've never made pumpkin scones myself. Me either. Oh, really? So funny. Yeah. Okay, so someone else has said, come around, we're having scones, and by the way, they're pumpkin flavoured, but... Yeah, no, I've had pumpkin scones before. I mean, yep. from from Queensland. If, and I know you like so. So back in the day <laughs> when Sir Joe Bjorki Peterson was um, the Premier of Queensland, yeah. Lady Flo Bjorki Peterson was famous for, for baking pumpkin, pumpkin scones. scones. So wow. pumpkin scones are, are synonymous with Queensland. Yeah, because uh, what sugarcane scones just don't go so well. Well, no, probably not. Doesn't doesn't really work. Look what's happened. Once again, we have diverted from what we were going to talk about and concentrated on food. Welcome to the latest highlight package of the big week that's been going on. We've had a few guests. We've uh, got into bits and pieces, and we've also explored, speaking of uh, of guests, your celebrity connections, and yep. I love this. Yeah, we've had some great celebrity connections as well. Check out some of the stories that we found out this week here at the Borders 105.7 Triple M. We are getting into your celebrity connections now on 13353. I can't wait to find out the connection for this bloke. Peter from Wodonga, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we all? Good, mate. Fabulous. What's your celebrity connection? Well, not actually me, my partner, Matt Manu. Oh, Manu. Uh, one of our most famous chefs here in Australia. Now, where, yes. now, where did she meet Manu? Um, out at uh, River Lee in Corowa. Oh, is that where she works? Yeah, she did work there, but she's not working yeah, at the moment. Right. Yeah. Now, I remember this. This was for, a, they were here for a movie premiere. Premiere, and I think it was Pork um, Day or something. Yeah, that's right. Something. He was yeah. a pork ambassador. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, for pork on your pork. Yeah, okay, right. yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. He's so lovely. Did she say he was really lovely? Yes, he, she, yes, she did. Yeah. And um, she got a photo, oh, you know, a portrait of him, like a, Picture was signed. He signed oh, it. Oh, how good's nice. that? 
Excellent. Yeah. yeah, and when and he's got that uh, lovely French accent too, which always helps Where is with the sauce? ladies. Peter, what can I, I mean, say? I can't do it as well as he can. No, yeah. he's no, no one could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried, Pete? <laughs> no, no, I'll never try attempt that. No, fair, Good fair idea. point. Thanks for the call. Appreciate the call, Shannon from <laughs> Levington's also on one triple three five three. Shannon, your celebrity connection? Uh, I actually used to do the traffic reports uh, for the ABC in Melbourne. Yeah. With Red Simons. Oh! Oh! Now that's a he legitimate claim. Like being awful and rude. Um, apparently that wasn't actually cool, but it was when <laughs> he was on Hey Hat Saturday. So anyway, uh, that's my connection. So there you go, <laughs> connection to Red Simons. That's pretty cool. From our Facebook page, uh, loving this, Jeff uh, has said, Back in the early 90s, my uncle was a roadie for the Screaming Jets. He was also, also was roadie for the Angels back when Doc Neeson was still alive and heaps of others as well. That is awesome. He'd have so many cool stories. Imagine those stories. With those rock bands. But what, st- what happens on the road stays on the road, though, Al. Well, it depends on who's asking. That's of true. Of course. Who's telling. Nolene also <laughs> said, many years ago while working in a roadhouse, I served actor Bud Tingwell. Which ah, I think is go. really, really cool. Uh, we've got another call through on one triple three five three triple M. Good morning. Who have we got there? Tim. What's your celebrity connection, Tim? Uh, the, the Bee Gees uh, played at our house in North Street in Aubrey uh, in about 1968. Tim, what? Tim, oh, please elaborate, How? Tim. Tell us the story. <laughs> it's a it's a cracking story. Uh, yes, my, my grandmother uh, lived in uh, Service Paradise at the time, and she knew their parents. <laughs> and uh, they were travelling from uh, Service Paradise down to Melbourne, and they spent the night here in Aubrey and did a, a jam session in the backyard of the house at uh, in uh, North, Street. North Street. That is a <laughs> sensational story, Tim. And, yes. and sadly, at that time, do what? You, do you know what year it was? Would you say sixty-eight? Well, I think it was about. Yeah, oh. I think it was about about sixty-eight. It was the, yeah. It was the late so 60, so they were just boys, but, but not 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 long before they went to England and and cracked it with their their first big single, Speaks and Specs. Yeah, amazing. And the sad thing about that is, I mean, you've got the memories, obviously, and that story's been passed down, but if that were today, there'd be video footage, it'd be recorded, (laughs) and it'd be online somewhere, like... YouTube. It is. It's 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 sad, but not that 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 story's been passed down. It's great. You got to make sure that your kids know about that too. Who are the Bee Gees? <laughs> yeah, that's still. That's true. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Today, Lou, we've got a couple of medical questions, and it's definitely one of those things that uh, you consult the experts rather than just Googling to try and make sense of things, and so we've done exactly that. exactly right. Now, previously, we've spoken to Dr. Danielle McMullen, who was the president of the New South Wales branch of the AMA, but we have a new president now of the New South Wales branch, and we're speaking with him this morning, Dr. Michael Bonning. Good morning. Hi, Lou. Hi, Al. Dr. Michael, awesome to have you on the show. My question this morning is that uh, I'm, I'm double vaxxed, uh, which is all well and good. And I was just thinking, oh, the thing that I haven't got recently is the booster. Now, I was double vaxxed last shot back in October last year. Uh, and someone said, no, you're too late. Six-month window, uh, that's not going to work. You can't get that booster shot, your third shot now, because you've left it too late. At eight months and counting, am I too late for this? The booster is a really important part of the COVID vaccination program. We've shown that when you get boosted, you you know it gets you back up to really good levels of immunity. Uh, it's actually it's actually fine for you to go and get vaccinated because Excellent. for many many people they may have gotten their last vaccination like you in October, 
they got COVID in January, February, March, and so they've done the you know they've done the responsible thing, and they might have held off for a while until they felt better, and now we're into June, and they're they're asking the same questions you are: should I go and get vaccinated? So, so it's a definite yes. Not too so late. I'm all good. Yeah, that's okay. right. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> So, um, Michael, as far as uh, other viruses around, because really these days we're just so COVID-19 focused that we've kind of forgotten that there are other things that make us sick. And every year we used to be much more vigilant about the flu vaccine. We've kind of let that slip. And that's an issue, isn't it? It is an issue. Uh, Australia hasn't had any influenza uh, you know, inside our borders circulating for about two years now. The closing down the borders in 2020 really put a stop to that. And while there was a big uh, rush to get the flu vaccine in 2020 because people hoped it might pr- um, protect them against COVID if mm. it came, uh, there was there have been lower levels of vaccine uptake since then because there was less need for it. This year, however, we're seeing this response, which is... The borders are open, there's influenza circulating, low levels of immunity, so we're seeing a early increase in the number of cases. Uh, and usually we see higher case numbers July, August, September, so to have high case numbers already in May is, uh, it, you know, is, a, is a bad predictor of a, um, of a flu season uh, that's, you know, that will potentially put lots of people in hospital. Wow. Okay. Now, the the big question off that, Dr. Michael, is that we've been sanitising everything. Hands, uh, railings, bits and pieces. Has this played into, uh, you know, the the possible lowering of immunities for the flu or the the lack of exposure here? Uh, I mean, definitely the lack of exposure, you know, that you haven't had influenza circulating in the community. Um, So... No matter what, you wouldn't have had much uh, immunity to influenza because it hasn't been around. Yeah, we haven't been detecting it in the community. Sanitising is good. Okay. It, it's, it, it helps keep us safe. It, it stops us from using our hands to you know, rub our nose or rub our eyes and um, give uh, viruses another way to get into our body. Um, and that's also why staying away from people uh, and covering your cough, uh, wearing a mask when you need to, is really important because that's the other way. You know, the the aerosols and droplets are the other way that these viruses transmit. So um, if you're feeling sick, uh, if you're, uh, you know, not feeling well, you you could have any one of the number of viruses that are circulating at the moment, including influenza, including COVID. Um, It's important to, uh, you know, to seek medical care uh, and, you know, and ask the question of, do I need to get tested? What do I, what should I do from here um, if you've got symptoms? Okay, the other question is um, about COVID-19. So I, I fairly recently had COVID. I was very lucky. I, did, I barely got sick. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had very mild symptoms and got over it very quickly. Admittedly, I did rest a lot <laughs> uh, because that was a recommendation, Yeah, Dr. and you Michael. took that on board. So I did. Yep. I took it on board very, <laughs> very extensively. To the extremes. Um, but um, no one else in my family caught it. Now, we, I did not isolate away from the family. I did, I'll be honest. I did kick the husband out of the bedroom. I said, just go and sleep on the couch because if you're going to be breathing each other's breath, it's definitely when you're in bed. Um, mm. But n- none of the others got sick, and this is a good month ago now. How does that happen when it's supposed to be so contagious? So there's, there's a couple of things that can happen there. Everyone's got their own, you know, may have had their own level of exposure, you know, 
kids, husbands are in a position where they may not have been exposed to too much. They may have been previously exposed to it and had an infection that was asymptomatic. You know, they, okay. uh, we know that lots of people get COVID and actually don't know about it unless they get tested. You know, they're actually even less symptomatic than you were. Mm -hmm. uh, and so those, you know, people who have had it before will, you know, not get sick, potentially not get sick a second time uh, if they've had it recently. And there's, there's lots of times when, you know, me as someone who's worked in uh, a respiratory service for the last two and a half years, um, still hasn't had COVID. You know, I get exposed in different ways, um, you know, in some people's immune systems work very well. Some people just don't get exposed to enough to cause them to get sick and their immune system mounts a, a good response before um, before there's a chance for them to get sick. So lots of reasons um, okay. and certainly uh, lucky that, um, you know, that everyone in the family stayed reasonably well and oh, yeah. that, uh, you had people to look after you, it sounds like. Very oh, lucky. that's right, I did, yes. Indeed. <laughs> they stayed away from me, let's be honest. But still, I mean, it just seems to be, it's, I don't think, my case is not unique. Like, I've spoken to plenty no. of people that have been in exactly the same situation and quite surprised. Yeah, absolutely. When you do go through a bout of COVID, though, Dr. Michael, how long is the immunity for before you have the the possibility of catching it again? It's, that's a really good question, and one it's we're kind of learning, <laughs> learning as we as we go. That's right. Uh, the, I think the the real takeaway is um, if it's the same circulating variant. So Omicron has been the dominant variant here in New South Wales, and you know, and across the country, uh, you you've probably got fairly good protection for you know, many months yep uh, that but we're, we're seeing people especially those with undiagnosed illness uh, weakened immune systems who can get it again um, if there's a new variant so one that might have different ways to ev evade the immune system might look a little bit different to the immune system uh, so if we get a new variant then you know we have to start the clock again and you know people might be getting infected. We've okay. definitely seen people from who had Delta infections last year getting Omicron this year because the viruses look different. Yeah, there you Very go. Very interesting. Like, it's just, I mean, we could talk about it all day because obviously at the moment everyone's talking about it. So thank you so much for shedding a great deal of light on things that we've all been asking. Dr. Michael Bonning from New South Wales AMA. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Al. Okay, time to uh, wrap up today's podcast and go for a, a bowl of pumpkin soup, some chili con carne, uh, maybe some pumpkin scones right about now. Yeah, pumpkin scone is dessert, I feel, uh, with a little bit of jam and cream. Nice. Yum. You did ask if I was going to bake scones, but I'm thinking maybe I'll go down and uh, grab myself some scone bread. Oh, there you go. Because we got into that. The, the bread that's a co apparently causing a frenzy in supermarkets, even though it's still readily available everywhere, uh, it is bread that kind of tastes like a scone. Nah, I don't think it tastes like a scone, but whatever. You can call, they can a, call it whatever they want. A little bit thicker, a little bit sweeter. It's quite nice. It's like brioche bread, like you said. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Maybe get some scone bread if you can't be bothered uh, cooking scones this weekend. But either way, thank you so much for checking out the podcast, and we are back on your radio. Uh, coming up again Monday from 6. We'll chat to you then. Triple M. Triple M.